0: Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today.
1: Good morning. I'm Donna Netwig, and the name of the show is Women on the Journey, Tell from the Trenches. And I like to have real conversations with women that are in the middle of building their business and transition so we can get some real... Boots on the ground information from the the journey that they're on. They're on. And our leading lady today is Linda McLaughlin Feigl, and she came from the corporate world and started Pages, an amazing bookstore, brick and mortar, um, and they have been in existence for 12 years. Charming, wonderful. A bookstore, and they really do build with build community with uh, lots of organizational um, book clubs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, good morning, Linda. How are you today? Could you good tell morning, us a little Donna. bit I'm well, about you. yourself? Sorry. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. You
2: know, opening pages um, almost twelve years ago was really a dream come true. I spent about fifteen twenty years in the finance world. Um, doing commercial lending and then private equity so uh, as many would say I, I, I should have known better because the economics <laughs> of, of retail book selling is, is, is not a terribly, terribly compelling model but um, I opened pages with two partners back in 2010 and um,
1: you know we're still here and, and
2: proud of it and still loving what we do.
1: Well, and you're more than just existing. Um, You are up for another award, I see, um, with the uh, Manhattan Beach uh, community, uh, Small Businesses. Could you tell us a little about that? It's um, the finalist of the Best of Manhattan Award? Yes. Our
2: Chamber of Commerce puts this on annually, and it's the Best of Manhattan. There's about eight categories I suppose and um, we are a finalist in the small and mighty which um, is is definitely an honor because there are a number of wonderful small businesses in our downtown community of Manhattan Beach Mm -hmm. and we're just thrilled to
1: be recognized in that way. I love the small and mighty but this is the (laughs) second time you won this in 2019 so congratulations. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I, I love that and, it's called small and mighty rather than small but mighty. We're small and
1: mighty.
2: <laughs> exactly. Of
1: course. Of course. So you must get a, a lot of local support from um, the local stores and um, Chamber of Commerce and the whole community of Manhattan Beach, it sounds like.
2: We do, and I think that was a really important part of our business plan is um, Mm. my partners and I are, you know, we're longtime residents of Manhattan Beach and um, vested and very involved members of the community. So that has helped us tremendously, and then we have just been so grateful and um, benefited so much from the support of the community. Whether it's the schools, the PTAs, the Ed Foundation, um, the Downtown Business Association, which I'm an active uh, participant in, you know, and as you mentioned, um, even you know local realtors who will do their closing gifts by you know buying books with us, and various and sundry other mm. partnerships that we've forged over the last dozen years.
1: That's wonderful to get that kind of support. Now, obviously, you went out to um, garner that support too. So how did you do that when you first started Pages? Did you start right away on that or? We did and I I think it's just a really important part of
2: it. I mean again we had connections with the community but we made sure that the you know the schools, the public library, the local newspapers, um, you know everybody knew that the Pages was coming and um, that you know we hoped to bring a
1: See, I'm a true believer in that. every day. Pe- yeah, people forget to do that, uh, and it's, it's pre-marketing. Get the word out before you're ready to open or, or to launch a new software program or whatever you're doing. It's get the word out and start building support as soon as you have the concept in our building towards that. It should never be forgotten so, why did you leave the corporate world? Were you getting burned out, or was it for this dream you had or so I guess were you pushed or were you pulled to change <laughs>
2: um i was i I was pulled to to leave i you know I had been doing it for a long time, and that that world is a very, very um demanding mm-hmm. one I had by the time I fully retired from that, I had three small children and you know, my work days was I would leave the house before they were awake. I was often on a plane and I'd come home after they were asleep and I just was missing too many, too many things. And, um, so I'd gone from full-time to part-time and then finally just when the office moved even farther away from home, it was time. And so I, I, I left.
1: <laughs> Good. Yeah. I think that's the story of a lot. of It was of people. time. Yeah. 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 So, um, during this transition period, so did you create other support in other ways other than the community? Did you have um, friends, people close to you, or organizations that you reached out to to, to build information to help build, you, build your business plan? You yeah, know, that's a really good question, and we were incredibly
2: fortunate um, in that the American Bookseller Association has a great infrastructure and a number of oh. resources. So, you know, everything from financial planning and what have you, they, they had some good templates. And then we – we act, believe it or not, there exists um, how to open a bookstore school. And um, my, part, my two <laughs> partners and I, we we went, we went. We went to Amelia Island in Florida and spent five days with Paz and Associates, which um, they do a phenomenal job of basically teaching you um, – you know, the nuts and bolts of operating a brick-and-mortar bookstore and starting from scratch. So that was time and money very, very well spent that we could have convinced ourselves we didn't have, but um I, I'm very grateful that we did
1: that. Who would have imagined that? I love that. So <laughs> right? you were doing a lot of research on how to reach out, obviously. Good for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: As I said to my partners, I was very, very interested in pursuing this, but I was not in any way looking for an expensive hobby. So the numbers needed to make sense. The business plan needed to make sense. And so my default was, you know, do the homework and and figure it out. And I will say, and I think this is important, we initially pursued this um, in uh, 2008 and did our diligence canvas the real estate market in downtown Manhattan Beach where we wanted to be. And the numbers did not make sense they did not pan out and so we put the whole thing on hold because there was just no way we could support what the rent structure would have been but then the financial markets, you know took a downturn in 2009 and all of a sudden the landlords were much more flexible and there were more (laughs) vacancies in downtown and um, so we went back at it and it, it was a very different story then so it was worth waiting
1: absolutely good for you good for you One of the things when we were talking earlier, I just love it, um, because I asked uh, what were one of the lessons that you learned um, at the very beginning of this, and your response was very few people know how to change a toilet paper roll, and I absolutely (laughs) love that, uh, because people forget how demanding and how diverse and deep starting a business is. You have to do everything, uh,
2: that is true. <laughs> yeah, it's not always glamorous. It's changing exactly. the toilet paper roll. It's taking the trash out. It's you know running. I, I miss you. You and I talked about this. I miss. I wish there was a human resource department and that there was an IT department and there was a payroll department and that there was an AP department. It's really you. You wear all of those hats and. Um, it can be incredibly satisfying, but you just
0: you just
1: have to wear all those hats. I think that's so important because when you leave a corporate job, you don't realize all these things that are being um, added to your uh, resources that are just there, and it's so transparent. And And then all of a sudden something happens with, you know, the computer goes down, the software is getting buggy, whatever, and then all of a sudden there you are. Uh, and you're hiring, you're doing everything. Um, so especially up front, the early, I always say the first two years, because you have to stay pretty flexible because things are happening pretty quickly and you're trying to figure out who you are as a business. I mean, what, and I'm sure you were in the middle of all of this. What does pages really look like? What does it really mean to the community? What do we want it to mean to us? Um, did you have a lot of uh, hiccups during that period of time, or how did you deal with the first few years as you were building? Well, I think one of the things is that we were realistic. Um, our financial
2: modeling was very conservative. I think we recognize that you don't get to just hang your um, shingle out and say, you know, books for sale, and that you're going to hit the volume that you really hope to hit, ultimately, to support the the cost structure and so we prepared for there to be you know a a couple of years to sort of ramp up if you will and Mm -hmm. um you know so that's that was just part of it and you know we as we say we we do this one book at a time and um Mm -hmm. you know you, you 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 win people over and and hopefully they tell their friends and so on and so on and you know it involves a lot of giving a lot of things away. We support all the PTAs and donate to all of the auctions and, you know, all of those sorts of things, but really anything to, um, to get the word out there.
1: Excellent. I just, I think it's so smart that you were so realistic. Um, And I always say, you know, hope is not a strategy. And (laughs) so many people do the, do you use hope as a strategy so you had all those numbers down so um good for you um, were there any other challenges with the brick and mortar part of it not so much the book side of it but just maintaining a, a structure in the cost of that did anything bubble up from there or did that No, go I mean again guess- yeah Well,
2: it did. I mean, I think, you know, we, we went in with our eyes wide open, but it it was expensive to, you know, bring in the bookshelves. And, you know, we spent a lot of time mapping out exactly how the the store was going to be laid out and, and making sure, you know, that we had, had the right, um, you know, structure in place, the right shelving for the right sections and, um, and all of that. So, um, you know i think getting through the permitting was 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 more cumbersome than we would have anticipated mm. and i think that's really a shame on the city they make it very difficult for small businesses you know you can't get those certificate of occupancy until you have the shingle but you can't have the shingle until you have the certificate of occupancy and you just have to be patient and stick to it because it's it's they don't make
1: it easy uh, that's i think that's a very good tip for people because People don't always think about things like that. They sign the lease and they think, oh, we're ready to go. But there's so much more involved. And just for our listeners, uh, for people to know, uh, Pages is a bookstore in Manhattan Beach, Southern California in the L.A. area. Uh, so that's what we're talking, although she is online, um, the story is online and you can order online as well. What we're going to do right now for a moment is we're just going to take a quick moment and we're going to recognize one of our sponsors for today.
0: Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good, and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and our partners. And now, Donna, back you in your show.
1: Welcome back. Again, I'm Donna Netwig, and with us today is uh, Linda mclaughlin uh of Pages Bookstore. So, Linda, back to our discussion. So, one thing I'd like to know is you seem to have built a nice little community about uh, around your store and the books there. So, Could you elaborate on how these book clubs started and what are the ways that people can get involved locally with um, your shop? Well, um, we do
2: host, um, I think it's like four or five, six book clubs at the moment. We have a literary fiction book club that meets, um, we call it the Coffee Time Book Club on I Leave That on Wednesday mornings. We have a nonfiction book club that meets in the evening once a month. And it is led by a um, a, a great Pages uh, customer and avid reader who who broached the idea with us about five years ago, and they actually just celebrated their five year anniversary last week. Uh, and then we have a mystery book club, which is also led by a community member who used to manage a mystery bookstore, and he is our go to. Source for, for mystery books, and so he leads a mystery book club. And then we have a young adult book club, and we have a middle grade reader book club. And then one of our our staff members, a passionate um, chef, uh, Danielle Anderson, started a cookbook book club that's now been meeting for about six months, and um, that's been really fun too. And you know, these a number of these book clubs went virtual during. The pandemic, which was interesting, but it also was a lifeline to so many people. I think people were so, so grateful mm-hmm. to have a place to connect regularly when we were all on lockdown. And we've now resumed in-person meetings that we're doing it outside in our courtyard, and we're still trying to, to provide a, um, a Zoom component for, for those who are up. I think that's
1: interesting, and let's kind of Talk about COVID, although it's connected. like talk to, yeah, it, we, we, we talk about COVID so much. But in your particular case, uh, that had to be very disruptive. Uh, one thing I, from uh, the book clubs I was curious about is: um, Are you going to maintain a, a Zoom book club or any readings that are exclusively on Zoom for distant listeners? Is that in the Um, plan or are you going to bring anything back? Well, like I said, we're still, you
2: know, for a number of the book clubs, we're still trying to, you know, do both. It's a a kind of a hybrid, if you will. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the other thing that we do, just a huge part of of what we love to do is bring authors to the community. You know, we work with Mm -hmm. the publishers when new books come out and bring, you know, authors to the community so people get to see and hear firsthand from these authors. And during the pandemic, all of those shifted to virtual. And, you know, I'm concerned, quite frankly, that the publishers deem that a more cost-effective way. And it's a a little less satisfying than meeting your favorite author in person. I mean, it's, you know, the benefit is you can potentially reach more people. And so that's a plus. But um, it's, it's harder to sell books through a virtual event. And we do need to monetize those events in some ways. I mean, the goal is to sell books. So, you know, I am continuing to write proposals to publishers in hopes that we can host in-person author events. But um, I think they, like we, are still navigating, you know, this, uh-huh. this, this post-pandemic, or we're still in it, a pandemic world. So we'll Yeah, wherever we are, <laughs>
1: right? I totally agree with you. I've been to one of your book signings, and it, it's nice to be in that audience. It's nice to have that contact with the author, you know, making the book human and understanding more about the book. Um, And I hope that does continue for all of our sakes. Yes. (laughs) So uh, what else, since we're discussing COVID, what else uh, did you do? Because clearly you survived through COVID, which unfortunately many small businesses have not. So um, what did you do in order to maintain business? What other changes did you have to make?
2: Um, Well, you know, it's very painful because there was a lockdown. Uh, I made the commitment Mm -hmm. up front, we were not going to lay off any employees. So we kept our employees on, you know, at at the levels that they had been compensated for prior to the pandemic, but to to all of their credit, everybody did what they could virtually to jump in. And we, um, we were able to maintain our online business during that time. You know, we could only have one or two people in the store at a time, staff members processing those online orders, but um, the online business really sustained us. And this community, you know, the good news is in a pandemic, people read a lot of books and do a lot of puzzles. And I think if there was a silver lining and this is probably true for many of the small businesses that I know well in downtown Manhattan beach for sure is the community felt a real passion for supporting their local businesses. I think, people recognized that they were at risk of losing some of these, you know, cherished institutions. And so, mm. you know, for pages and for a number of our other downtown retailers and restaurants, we felt a tremendous support from the community. And that was very, very gratifying. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that we, you know, we're working hard to continue to maintain those relationships because we saw a lot of new customers come through our website that we had not previously seen. So, you know, we're working hard to, to continue to, to serve them.
1: Oh, that's excellent. So did you expand your product offering? You mentioned puzzles, and I know many people were <laughs> out of stock with puzzles. They were trying to I have friends that were ordering them from all over the place and having trouble uh, getting them. And did you look at other things to expand your, your product to uh, attract the, the strictly online business?
0: Uh,
2: I don't know that we added new products per se. We definitely, in. we've always carried puzzles. We've always had a, a pretty nice offering of puzzles, but we significantly changed that in the supply chain issues erupted very, very quickly. So we're, mm-hmm. you know, we used to be able to order five of this puzzle, 10 of this puzzle. Some of our favorite puzzle suppliers were only selling in carton quantities. So we had to order, you know, 20 of this and 20 of that. And so during the lockdown, our store looked like a warehouse. We just had boxes open of puzzles, and we we were a fulfillment center, truly. So when we did reopen, we had to figure out how to squeeze everything back into the back room and, um, you know, open for for
1: customers. But puzzles were very, very popular, and they continue to be. But you also uh, did curbside also
2: we did. We, we were very lucky. We have a courtyard and, um, yeah, people would do their online orders. We would, we had tables set up in the courtyard and there would be a bag with their name on it and people could come and pick up their bags, you know, contactless pickup, if you will. And if, um, if, if that didn't work, if they gave us a call, we'd run out to the curb and just hand their bag into their car window for them. So, um, you know, we tried to make it as easy as possible and it was a very symbiotic, you know, relationship. I think people were supporting us, and we were trying to give people mm-hmm. access to books. And we do local delivery for free. And for a lot of the seniors who were really not leaving home during the early oh, parts wow. of lockdown, we um, we did a lot of deliveries.
1: Oh wow, good for you! So that reaching out really worked. So did you learn anything about flexibility and looking <laughs> at how you promote and things through COVID that you want to maintain? I think we're more efficient as a result. We, you know, we had to stagger Uh. our staffing
2: and um, you couldn't cram three of us in the back room like we used to do. Uh, So we started doing our receiving after hours and our shipping after hours and um, coming in earlier to do, you know, online order fulfillment. Um, We started doing more. we we probably could be doing more than we are now, but we started during COVID doing sort of um, little Instagram videos, you know, book recommendations and talks, if you will. And that's something that we kind of need to, you know, up our game on that and continue. But that's something that we hadn't done prior to COVID. Um, But I think that's a nice way to build enthusiasm for, you know, new titles or books that we're
1: excited about um, out there. Very smart. Good for you. Good for you. So, um, Are there any other tips that you've learned as you've um, come through this? I mean, obviously, building community would seem like a natural for you, Um, and that is a component that's missed a lot. But what other uh, simple tips uh, did you learn about brick-and-mortar or about bookstores? I just have great admiration for you that you have this incredible bookstore. Uh, in a world where everybody goes online, unfortunately. Uh, yes. And we miss so much of the the human experience of asking someone about the books, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Well, you know, I, our value proposition has been, has always been that, um, you know, we're not going to be able to compete on price with online retailers or even the discount big box stores. But we hope that, When you walk in our bookstore and you smell the books and you get to engage in a very Mm. personal conversation with somebody who wants to know what you're reading, what you like to read, who are you trying to pick a book for, um, you know, free gift wrap, free local delivery, all of, you know, bringing authors to the community, all of those things. Um, more than make up for it. I mean, you know, we're paying rent in a very expensive area, and we want to pay our booksellers as much as they possibly can so that it's a viable, um, you know, a, a viable uh, a work life for them. And so um, you know, that's <laughs> That's, that's our value proposition, and we are very excited and, and, and appreciative um, of the number of people that embrace it and, and understand that and get it. And, you know, even the evil online supplier that we all are not going to name during <laughs> COVID, they said, you know, we're prioritizing toilet paper and hand sanitizer. We're gonna, we, can't, we can't do this other thing, which they always did at a loss. Anyway, and so I, I'm kind of glad they got out of that a bit. So, you know, I think hopefully we are people's first choice. There, independent bookstores, brick and mortar bookstores, are people's first choice when they're buying books.
1: Yes, yeah. because what you were saying is so true. There, it's uh, an experience of the senses when you walk into a bookstore, and it, and that's lost if, if you're just clicking online. It's totally lost. Yes. Uh, and there's a romance um, to finding the right book for you at the right moment. I just think that's beautiful. So we're, time goes very quickly. We're towards the very end. So I would like to ask you, um, what can we do to support you? Um, how can we contact you if someone wants to contact you? Um, so is it by phone, is it by email, or just share with us how we can get in touch with you and how we can support you. Well, thank you for asking, and I would say all of the above. <laughs> we are,
2: um, as you say, <laughs> We, we're nimble and, and easy and, and willing to work. You know, um, our, our website is probably the best, and, you know, you can order any book. And if we don't have it in stock, we order it for you. And we have a number of customers across the country who have come to appreciate, you know, like our children's specialist, Pam Page, is a wonderfully um, inspiring and well-informed children specialists. So we, I have customers in New York who about every two or three months they shoot us an email, I need more books for my seven-year-old and my nine-year-old. She loved this and she loved that. What can you recommend? And we'll send a list of recommendations and then, you know, $200 later we send a big package of books out to New York and get big enthusiastic thank you so you know shopping with us online emailing you can do that through our website as well but info what is, at it, while pages we're
1: talking, what is what is i don't mean to interrupt but what is well we have some time what is your um website pages a bookstore.com so and p-a-g-e-s-a-b-o-o-k is that correct? Correct. Exactly. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. Good. Good. Yes. Yeah. And and the phone number. Three one zero. Contact you. Sure. Three
2: one zero three one eight zero nine zero zero and email is info at pagesabookstore dot com, but. You know, our website has bestsellers on there. It has staff picks on there. It shows what events we have coming up in the future. has pre-order opportunities for big titles. That You know, Brene Brown's coming out with a new book this fall. And um, so the website's a great place to at least introduce yourself to pages if if, if you're so inclined. Perfect. So that
1: would be really the – the first place to go i'm kind of curious with all these book clubs um so if somebody wants to know about mystery books do these people uh are they kind of your specialists like you did with the children book or do people keep track of uh, what the new hottest mystery books are just by looking at what the book club is reading at the moment
2: all of the above i mean you know we have a mystery section in the store and um you can on the website too you can see what all the book clubs are reading uh and you know so i think that's a good a good place to to start if you're looking for
1: a book okay okay Okay. excellent okay well we are out of time already So thank you so much. It was such a pleasure talking with you. And um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening today um, to to Connected Women um, of Influence. And um, we are every Monday and Friday, Monday morning and Friday afternoon. So thank you very much for joining us today and have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.